the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. I was telling my producer, it is very rare. The last time I binge-watched a series, was it 24? (laughs) Which is quite a while ago. I'm not a big uh, watcher of anything except society. No, should I? But I, I have you. I'm. I'll bet ninety percent of you don't even know the thing. Don't never heard of what I'm binge watching. It's an Israeli series called Shtisel. Right. You know, I know you never heard of it. Okay. And I'm telling you, from it is so well written and acted. It's got subtitles in Hebrew. And I don't, I don't have a problem with subtitles. Anyway, I know Hebrew, but but I, even if you know it's funny, even when English has subtitles, your eye is drawn to the subtitles. It anyway, it doesn't. I just wanted you to know that. Uh, but it is about the ultra orthodox, their lives, which nobody relates to uh, if you're not in there. And but. The truth is, it's just a human drama. It, it's it's as universal as Dostoevsky's Russians or Tolstoy's Russians, and so you should you should watch it. You know, I, I can't believe you wouldn't get involved in the characters. Good acting is like it's just a, it's to me it's an amazing gift. Yeah, is that is it Netflix? I guess so. Yeah, and it, I'm telling you, it it serves its purpose. It gets my mind away from the 24/7 tragedy of uh, of American life right now. And I just want to tell you, what is what is the term you you kept using? Clash of wills, test, test of wills. This this is the time you have to fight. My general assessment throughout my life was there's a civil war in America, but only one side is fighting. With the election of Donald Trump, both sides have been fighting. And it's truly liberty, freedom as we know it, is on the line. This cancel culture idea, which is intrinsic to all leftism, leftism is totalitarian. I've always said, I've always told you that. All the things, all of the rules of life that I have talked about have have been confirmed. If nothing else, I should have a lot of credibility in your eyes. From the lockdown as excessive from the beginning to hydroxychloroquine, 
uh, to uh, the the danger to the universities, to the danger of the left, to everything we hold dear. You know, the New York Times and the Philadelphia Inquirer fired fired their editors. Uh, in the case of the New York Times, listen to this. The, the opinion pages of the New York Times, which I read every day, as I always tell you, we read them, they don't read us. They're afraid to read us. That's what I, I it's in the ultimate analysis, that's what I believe. They, they couldn't live with the cognitive dissonance of some of, of the facts and the rational arguments that we offer. Anyway, the New York Times opinion page is 99, well, it's 100% anti-Trump, 100%. And it's 98% left-wing. Ross Douthat, uh, David Brooks, and uh, and um, my friend <laughs> Brett Stevens are, are not leftists. They're anti-Trump, vehemently anti-Trump, which otherwise... You can't you can't write for the New York Times. So it's it's a radically left wing page. I mean, I read to you one piece yesterday where a black writer said, uh, "If you want to do something, tell your friends and relatives that you will sever all contact with them unless they participate in demonstrations." Okay. I want to come back to that point in a, in a moment. So the editor of the that page had a piece by Tom Cotton, Harvard University Law School, and uh, did he serve in the military as well? Correct, distinguished uh, record in the military. He's he's quite a quite a a man of attainment, senator from Arkansas, and he wrote a piece that if if things get too uh, uh, violent in the streets and the National Guard and police can't handle it, it might be time to call in the military. George W. Bush called him in. It's not to be what uh, Dwight Eisenhower did. It's not the first time that that would happen. There was a rebellion of such intensity, people walking out, and there was a mob scene, literally a mob scene at the New York Times. The publisher, Sulzberger, defended his editor, said, you know, we have to have the ability to have other views on occasion on our opinion pages. The next, no, that day, he said, this was a bad article. We should never have published it. He's leaving the newspaper. The editor of the opinion page is is gone. Because especially the young journalists, quote-unquote journalists, is a stupid word for what the left has done. The Pravda-like reporters of the New York Times objected to one piece that was was, uh, not to their liking politically. One. One out of literally a thousand should not appear at the New York Times, and the editor is gone. The editor of the Philadelphia Inquirer, who's been there like 20 years, is gone. What did he do again? I mean, his, his sin was even more unbelievable. 
There was a, yes, what was the headline again? Oh, God, that's right. The architecture writer of the Philadelphia Inquirer said, the headline was, Buildings Matter Too. And that he was fired for the headline. As if it cheapened Black Lives Matter. Buildings don't matter? Did, did did she say buildings are the equivalent of humans? No. She just said buildings matter too. A country's buildings, its history, when they're defaced, that matters. Fired, gone, the editor, gone. The left has taken over journalism, not liberals. Liberals are gone. Liberals have either become leftists, shut up, or gone. Listen to this one. Every day, Bon Appetit editor-in-chief Adam Rappaport resigns after brown face photo resurfaces. Bon Appetit editor-in-chief Adam Rappaport will be resigning from his position after an old Instagram photo of him in brown face resurfaced on Monday and quickly drew backlash. I am stepping down as editor-in-chief of Bon Appetit to reflect on the work that I need to do as a human being and to allow Bon Appetit to get to a better place. From an extremely ill-conceived Halloween costume 16 years ago to my blind spots as an editor. Um, We're living in the Cultural Revolution. You should read a book about that, What Happened in China. Uh, where people were forced to uh, recant their views. They would wear dunce caps, and they would be jeered by gigantic audiences. We're just missing the dunce cap and the jeering. Well, the jeering is there. 16 years ago, he wore a Halloween costume with brown face. He's gone. You know what is amazing about the left, among many of its other ugly, truly ugly characteristics? is there is no room for repentance. None. No matter how long ago. We'll be back. I'm Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. Okay, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Reporting to you on what is happening, the latest is this editor here 16 years ago. 16 years ago, he uh, appeared in a Halloween costume in brown face, so he's now fired from the editor of Bon Appetit. And he agrees with that. He agrees he's now going to reflect on his, on his life. <laughs> what is he going to reflect on? Has he, has he been a, has he been a rice, racist the whole time? I'm telling you where to live. Please read my column today. My columns are important. If I'm allowed to say that about my own writing. It's called the Four Horsemen of America's Apocalypse. It begins, it takes a lot to build a civilization, and though it is much easier to destroy a civilization, it takes a lot to do that too. 
Now we have four roots of evil that are guaranteed to do so. Victimhood, demonization, a cause to believe in, and lies. Powerful combination of factors. Do you realize that there are people in places of power who advocate defunding police departments. Do you know what has happened, of course, and it doesn't seem to matter. Talk about lies. One of the biggest lies is that that the people who run Black Lives Matter believe Black Lives Matter. That's one of the greatest lies we're living in. It It is like the... so. It's, a, it's really... It's truly a, a back to the Soviet Union. The Soviets had a very big saying, Mir Miru, peace to the world. And they were, of course, they, they were a warlike society. And everything that they said was was not true. It was just, it was backwards. America is imperialist and we are peace-loving. That was a very common statement. So, of course, anything said enough. Black Lives Matter uh, is, is leading a campaign to make it possible for more black people to be killed. But since they're killed by other black people in, over, in almost every instance, it doesn't seem to matter. There's a, the, the, it is unbelievable that the networks are carrying the George Floyd funeral. But that's the world in which we live. And he was ki- he was killed by a, a white policeman, and that's all that is necessary to foment the hatred that has been fomented and the violence that has been accepted. Where are our statistics here? On uh, what is it, Chicago this weekend? The highest number of murders in Chicago in a weekend took place this past weekend. 18 people were murdered in Chicago this weekend. This is from the Chicago Sun-Times. 18 murders in... No, weekend, I am wrong. 24 hours, almost one an hour. Inside the most violent day in 60 years in Chicago. We've never seen anything like it at all, says Max Kapustin, Senior Research Director at the University of Chicago Crime Lab. A hardworking father killed just before 1 a.m. A West Side High School student murdered two hours later. A man killed amid South Side looting at a cell phone store at 12.30 p.m. A college freshman who hoped to become a, cor- a correctional officer gunned down at 4.25 p.m. after getting into an argument in Englewood. While Chicago was roiled by another day of protests and looting in the wake of George Floyd's murder, I, I think they should say George Floyd's death. The, uh, the reasons for his death are not just the, the, uh, the policeman. See, that's an example of a truth that can't be told because it, it doesn't fit fully uh, what, uh, 
what the narrative is on the left. 18 people were killed Sunday, May 31st, making it the single most violent day in Chicago in six decades. From 7 p.m. Friday, May 29th through 11 p.m. Sunday, May 31st, 25 people were killed in the city with another 85 wounded by gunfire. 85. In a city with an international reputation for crime where 900 murders per year were common in the early 1990s, it was the most violent weekend in Chicago's modern history, stretching police resources that were already thin because of protests and looting. We have never seen anything like it at all, said Max Capustin. That was the man that I quoted originally at the crime lab. I don't even know how to put it into context. It's beyond anything that we've ever seen before. The high, the next highest murder total for a single day was August 4th, 1991, when 13 people were killed in Chicago. Were they murdered by the police? That's why we don't know their names. That's why Al Sharpton is not speaking at any of their funerals. All, all of this, it's, it, if somebody were a racist, somebody would advocate what Black Lives Matter advocates. That's the irony. Get rid of police and see what happens. I saw, uh, I saw on the internet that a sixteen-year-old daughter of some actress—I don't remember the actress's name—was demonstrating uh, for Black Lives Matter. White white girl. It starts so early, the indoctrination, like this, like she knows anything about what has happened. She just knows the slogan. It's a good slogan. They, they pick, the, the left picks great slogans, you have to admit. Like the American Civil Liberties Union, which has as much interest in civil liberties as I do in knitting. Do you have any interest in knitting? You don't need, do you have any interest in knitting? Well, you're offended by my asking you the question? Oh, your masculinity is stronger than that. We'll be back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. All right, everybody. A favorite person of mine, Tina Griffin, is the host of the Counterculture Mom Show. The link to her podcast is on my website. She's a fighter. Tina Griffin, welcome to my show again. Dennis, thank you so much for what you're doing to uh, alert America and help get people off the bench and in the game. I like that imagery. Get off the bench. Everybody has to be a starter now. Absolutely. For the sake of our country and the legacy we want to leave our kids, I love what you expose. I love how you address these topics. I was a farm kid in Wisconsin, went to Hollywood, was heavily involved in pop culture, positive stuff. But what I learned 
during that decade of my film and TV and runway, the indoctrination, what you just tackled 10 minutes ago, is exactly a main factor why we see the teens and young people and adults rioting on the streets of America because of what has been pumped into their brain for the last couple of decades. And I saw this happening and warning people about this 20 years ago when I lived and worked in Hollywood and heard about their agenda. So this is not a shocker to me. I'm just very alarmed, concerned, but I also know that there is a plan and positive things we can do to combat what is currently happening. You are the counterculture mom, so obviously you have a kid or kids. How many children do you have? I've got four little uh, world changers, ranging from 6 to 11 years old, that I've been homeschooling now for like the last five or six years. That's it. That was my next question. So tell me what you would tell a parent whose kid comes home to learn that America is a racist cesspool. Should they continue to send their kid to that school? Absolutely not. Now, 10 years ago, I said, get involved in the school board. Um, Make sure you help prevent the school from starting on fire. We are now in a culture where we see schools on fire crumbling to the ground. It is too late in my book to put a 10 14 or 16 year old into school with the argument well we're going to send them off into the battlefield and and uh, have them fight they know the truth they're going to get our, their schools on on track um at this point no they're not right now they're being indoctrinated with exactly what you said and there's more corrupt people in leadership positions in our country than not and it's because of a lack of people getting involved in our culture to do the right thing in government and in politics and in media and in our school education system with this common core garbage that's been out there for two decades. All the the big elites that own all of this are in charge of uh, telling us one narrative. And so we have to fight back. Now, I do see the argument where there's people in leadership doing the right thing, but what happens to these people? They're either killed or they're sued or you, they're threatened to leave their place of leadership. So we have to get louder than the left right now, like yesterday. Yesterday I said something I had never fully said. I've been drifting toward it, just as you've been drifting away from, oh, we'll change the system from within. Uh, I, I said yesterday that at this point, people uh, who have traditional American values just have to create their own culture and withdraw from the dominant one. If you don't agree, please tell me. I I have no problem with being disagreed with. Absolutely not. I'm right there with you on that. And what's been going on in my blood since the age of 16, heading out to Hollywood at the age of 20, learning about pedophilia and baby sacrifice and violent video games and cop-killing video games that have been going into our children's brains for two decades, and you wonder why they're now picking cops off on the street today. I feel horrific, um, horrible, that great cops, cops that we need in our country to maintain order and peace. Other bad cops, absolutely, there's always going to be a bad cop, there's always going to be a doctor that does the the bad, uh, the wrong... um, 
uh, medicine or wrong surgery in a hospital. Mistakes happen. Um, what happened to George Floyd was horrendous. No one agrees with his killing. But my whole point is we have been letting our kids, literally not engaging as parents for the last three decades, really, um, and letting our kids learn how to pick off cops in video games, run people over with vehicles, buy and sell drugs, strip uh, club joints um, on these video games, and then TV shows like Netflix where you have real witches, real witches, Dennis, which I'm sure you're aware, that are hired on these movie sets for Netflix chilling adventures of the All right, hold it there. I want I have a lot of questions I want to ask you. You can get to her podcast. There's a link to it, Tina Griffin, at... Uh, at the DennisPrager.com. You can find her at CounterCultureMom.com or just click on the banner at DennisPrager.com. Tina Griffin, former actress and one of the fighters out there to preserve America, its liberty, its values. And I strongly recommend that you do. I have one question for you that... Uh, uh, I don't know the answer to, and sometimes people ask questions that they have an answer in their own mind, and they want the guest to give their answer. I don't have an answer in my own mind. Is it hard to homeschool a child? Great question. And Dennis, for me being not a patient person and having four children in four years and still traveling, speaking, having a radio program, writing books and blogs and everything else, it absolutely is not as hard as I thought it would be. Um, Sam Sorbel is a dear friend of mine. I thought about putting my kids in public school, and I did for one month just when I moved from Missouri to Nashville, and she and I spoke at the same event one weekend. She's like, you did what? I said, you know what, Sam, you're so right. Why am I? I know that I was able to easily tackle the homeschooling. Is it difficult some days and you want to quit? Yes, but I'm a fighter, and... Like one of my friends who is also a homeschool mom, she said, Tina, the worst day in homeschooling your kids will always still be better than the best day in a public school. And she couldn't be uh, more correct on that statement because of what information your kids are ingesting. I'm a perfectionist, and so I want to make sure that I don't mess up their reading. I don't want them to be 10 years old, still not reading. That was not a problem. All my kids are excelling in their subjects, just because they're going at their own pace, they're not held back by other kids in the classroom. With the drama we're already seeing happening in Europe, with six feet apart for these kids going back to school and they can't talk or hang out or um, um, even play on the same a football team, they're not letting people even pass the ball to each other on a playground. That is communism. And uh, there's no way I would ever send my kid to a public school from this day forward just from what we see coming down the line. And is it easy to homeschool your kids there's days like i said you want to quit but it's definitely definitely doable very rewarding because the time we have with our kids is so short and i have people when i go see places that don't homeschool and say i don't know if i could do it i'll just i'll just teach them the right information once they're off the school bus i said hang on a second so for 10 days you're letting your kids learn that they came from a rock how to put a condom on at the age of 10, they're having condom relay races in their sex ed classes in the country. And then you're going to spend, what, 45 minutes to try to um, deprogram the lies you were just taught, even on a school bus on that hour drive to and from school? 
we don't, most parents don't even spend more than 10 minutes checking out their kids' backpacks, let alone having a deep conversation about uh, checking out their textbooks, what they read, the, the, the classes that they had, what the instructor said. There's no way you can combat what they're learning in schools. And for the argument of the parent saying, well, my kid's going to be a light in a dark place, you are basically telling the child at 10 years old, here's your backpack, here's your lunch, I'm going to throw you out into World War III, getting shot at from the enemy 24-7, good luck, I'm praying for you, as a hide behind this rock. Most people um, at 30 can't fight. You expect a right. kid at 10 to? Right. Absolutely. All Absolutely right. not. So we have to homeschool. I think if this is a blessing in disguise with a chance yes, to that's that, right. reach, that's that parenting correct. button again. All right, counterculturemom.com. We'll talk again. Keep fighting, and uh, we uh, we need you. Dennis, thank you so much. If I could tell the parents to download our Counterculture Mom app, that is where we have thousands of positive entertainment options for the families from the Action Bible, um, Pure Flicks that has thousands of positive TV shows, cooking shows for the kids, how to talk to your teens about what is currently going on um, regarding racism in our culture from a good perspective. Um, that is what the download is, the Counterculture Mom app. And we also have a lot of specials on our website. I have a four-hour CD series exposing the Hollywood agenda, and teens are texting me, Dennis, saying this has changed my life. That they can get for 15% off by putting in the code at the end, Tina15. You can also sign up for our newsletter. So everyone keep in touch with me, Dennis. I love what you're working on, and I greatly appreciate the time that we have today to expose what the Hollywood agenda is all about. It's all towards demoralizing our country. That's right. Um, Literally and figuratively, that's exactly right. All right. Superb. Superb. I got to bring fighters to your attention. Tina Griffin is one of them. So counterculturemom.com. She has an app. Go through my website. I, I am a fighter, and so I have been ambivalent. Do we work within the system? It's, it's, there's no chance now. The system has been corrupted. That's why I started the show today by telling you about the cancel culture at the New York Times, Philadelphia Inquirer, Bon Appetit. You know, Drew Brees is the quarterback of the uh, of the uh, New Orleans Saints. He's, he's a big, big uh, star. So listen to what he said. When did he say this? In June. Is that possible that he just said, no, when, when did he say this? He said this less than a week ago? I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Talking about the not standing, taking a knee. Which uh, Did you see the picture of the Democratic leaders in Congress taking a knee? You know, there was an officer, I wonder if you saw this, folks, I saw it on the internet, a black uh, officer, I don't remember in which city, uh, was asked to take a knee, and he said, was it Georgia? I only I only bend my knee to the Lord, or to God. As a Jew who sent me that, uh, that's exactly right. Respect. I wouldn't have took, I was being out of town this weekend with my wife. I took off today, this weekend, but I'm out here to make sure y'all safe. Don't go there with respect. 
okay? Thank you. I have much respect, but I only kneel for one person. And that's God. God, God. And I can pass. But what about... That's what? it. I only need so Drew Brees, the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, just two weeks ago, I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Let me just tell what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played, and when I look at the flag of the United States, I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and to make our country and this world a better place. So every time I stand with my hand over my heart, looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. And in many cases, that brings me to tears, thinking about all that has been sacrificed. Not just those in the military, but for that matter, those throughout the civil rights movement of the 60s, and all that has been endured by so many people up until this point. And is everything right with our country right now? No, it is not. We still have a long way to go. But I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. It shows that we are all in this together. We can all do better and that we are all part of the solution. Really, really offensive, isn't that? Well, next hour I will read to you what he has now said. We are living through a a less violent version of the Chinese Cultural Revolution, where if you say anything that the left doesn't like, you must recant and you must debase yourself, and you must completely dissociate yourself from everything you said. And that's what he had to do. I will also speak to you and take calls that you have. There's an article by a black woman who says, "I, you know what? I'm really, uh, I'm quite free in the United States. It's not, a, it's not a racist country. It isn't a racist country. Years ago, I wrote a column. You could see it on the internet. And it's the biggest lie of our time that America is a racist country. It is a world of lies. Read my column today, please. DennisPrager.com, TownHall.com. I would like to remind you on a positive note that I am, in fact, cruising with listeners again in September, starting in Copenhagen. It will be good for your health. I mean that sincerely. To be with kindred spirits, and to be with me, to be with the living martyr. Is there a uh, where? Where is there a link at? Uh, is it obvious the link, or do you have to go to cited? Go to cited on the show at dennisprager.com, and I'll see you in Europe in September. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain Free Studio. 